intro. Tell you what, had a big Easter. Easter is in the wall. Eat my weight and drop it. I've done it, folks. I've finally joined the club speaking through the intro, even though I could hear it. I just had to feel what that was like to do, Tig. So I'm part, of, I'm part of the club now, part of the club. How are you, mate? I'm good, matey. How are you? Good, thank you. I will just say off the top that CB isn't with us tonight. He is out camping still, so shout out to CB. I'm sure he'll tune in tomorrow on his on his drive home when he gets the chance. So he's living it up. I, I believe he had a bottle of tequila the other day while watching the football. So I'm sure he might have a story or two on that when he comes back. Yeah, let's hope he drives safely, you know. No drinking drive, CB. No, and he's got his little dog in the car as well, I believe. So I'm sure the, uh, the dog will keep him company. But um, how have you been? Been good, mate. Yeah, been good. I, you know, it was a pleasant Easter, you know, with the family, which is what Easter's all about. So, yeah, um, yeah just um, disappointing about the times, but we'll go into that. Um, yeah, it was a bit disappointing. It's funny, you know, like when the, when the Tigers lose, you know, I can sort of – it's humbling, really. It lets us um, get a taste of what the Minos feel, you know, when their <laughs> sides consistently lose. So, it's um, that's the silver lining. But you know? not, Keep not just not just us, but the the round in its entirety was a, a little bit weird. Oh fucking mate! After the umpiring fiasco, it was like the twilight zone, mate. It look, I wouldn't be surprised if a comet hits the planet on <laughs> Thursday. That's how weird fucking out of this world um, that game was. But yeah, no, it's um, you know, at the end of the day, we always have a mare, don't we? So we always move well, on. Well, yeah, and I know we'll talk about it a little bit later, but. At the end of the day, no one's expected to win every game of the year. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So you just roll with the punches. Um, the only game I want to flag before we push on is Essendon can go get stuffed because they cost me and my mates $400 in a multi-bet. We thought St Kilda were a sure thing to shit on them after they're out. So up yours, Essendon. So I'm sure yeah. they'll be happy with them copying a, yeah, a slap, even though they won. But um, we'll push gamble on to responsibly, Absolutely. responsibly, people. It was free money. We, we got the money from uh, a bit of a payout from... Our gaming online, so we just thought we'd roll it into a multi for a bit of a laugh, and we won oh, two perfect. or three weeks in a row, and then we lost. So perfect. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, but the Tigers, 10 12 72, defeated by Sydney, 17 15, 117 by 45 points. Um, I think, I mean, I think we can all agree that Sydney just looked outstanding. They played absolutely unbelievable football for all four quarters, and they thoroughly deserved the win. Yeah, it's, um, look, it's disappointing. Like, we do have shockers, like the Hawthorne game, I think in the corresponding round last year, where we looked like we just didn't even turn up. And then you had the GWS game, funny enough, again in around three, but the year before that. So, But I could have taken the loss, um, even how badly we played, if the umpires didn't put that layer of salt over the top of it. You know what I mean? That That's what made this game stand out for me, the... The, um, the way it was officiated, the way it was all completely one way. And to nowhere, it's just not my black and um, uh, yellow glasses on. I had a mate of mine, Mark, who's a mad Swan supporter, even telling me, oh, yeah, we're getting a ride. In the third quarter, he's going, oh, we can't do anything wrong. We're getting an absolute ride. So it was crazy. And apparently someone on our board said the three umpires were all from Western Australia. Oh, okay. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if the West Australia is sold. It's been it, it's been even just a weird round with umpiring. Not even just our game, but um, yeah, yeah. It's I know, I know they've got a tough gig as it is, but it's you just want to see consistency across the board, I suppose. But I mean, oh. and I don't want I don't want listeners to think that that's the reason why we lost. We're 100 percent not saying that we got smashed nah. in all facets yeah, of the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just we didn't nice. have a midfield. Bottom line, we yeah. didn't. Have a they played all every midfielder in that game. Including our captain, including champs like Edwards, and um, pressure can be excused because he pinged his hammy, and we looked good when he was in there, even though we were turning it over like you know, like crazy. But yeah, we just turned our tails up. We just couldn't be staffed in the midfield, and um, it, you know, that's why they got you know, my God, sixty-two inside fifties. They just penetrated through us at will, and. I just I don't want to jump right into it, but I just want to say I want to defend the defence here. People are overreacting a little bit, saying, "Oh, our defence is now being caught out because of the new rule." Look at the Swans, you know, chill pill. First of all, before the game actually started, we had the number one rated defence in the league. That's with the new rule, right? Why our defence gets got split open, and any defence will get split open. Just look at Port. 
is when your midfield completely applies zero pressure. When your yeah. midfield cannot contain or slow down ball movement, and it's not from the marking, because simply they were running, they were just streaming, doing a long um, bomb, and yeah, putting us completely under pressure. And our backs were trying to cover too much space, trying to cover too many holes, and we're getting found out. So that's why we got split open. Yeah, they uh, they see what Sydney did really well is they actually took the time to lower their eyes to hit their targets when going inside fifty. Um, they've picked the same bloke out about five or six times. And it, when you're watching, you think, why the hell aren't we manning him up? But then you sort of look further down the ground. And like you said, if the midfield and forwards aren't pushing up to apply pressure like we usually do, then it's just easy ball inside 50. And not many teams are going to be able to stop that. doesn't matter how good or bad you are. So we're probably lucky Buddy didn't play because he might have kicked the bag. But I did feel bad for, for the <laughs> defenders. It was a frustrating day for him. But um, yeah, the, the end, end of the day, the engine room just didn't fire a shot. I mean... Bolton probably had his worst game yeah. for two years, didn't he? Yeah, he dropped the chess mark. That's not Bolton. Yeah. Bolton, yeah, he just, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. We just, across the board, see, what's the strength of our side is also our biggest weakness. And what I mean by this is we have um, probably the best six players of any side, equal to any side, let's say. Yeah, there's some sides that might have a little bit higher or a little bit less, but we've got really high quality, let's say, our top six. Um, where where our strength is, we've got from six down to twenty two. We've got really evenness about us. We've got you know really strong, and we would rate our bottom six better than any other body bottom six in the league. Mm. Our problem though is is when when we have across the board across all lines, too many down at the exact same time. Yeah, our role players are getting asked to do way too much, and. I feel for players like Baker. Now, he's better than just a role player, but he was getting slammed on our board and it was not justified. He was working his ass off. Right well, actually, up and... Yeah, I thought he had a reasonable game, to be honest. I mean, all things considered, I thought he played oh, okay. I agree with you, mate. He was putting his head into contest, trying to block this, trying to... And yeah, it would, he would make a disposal error or he would get caught out in a one-on-one, but it's because he had minimal support. I, The one that shocked me that had such a bad game that... I know Bolton screams out at us, but it was Grimes. Grimes is that dependable, that sturdy. He was a non-entity. Mm, there's a, a lot I, of them. There was honestly, the only other player I thought who had a, a reasonably good game was Pickett. Um, everyone else was kind of just a bit blah. Yeah, no. Like, it just, it, Grimes, even when teams are down, he's always the one that tangibly would do. He did a nice couple of spoils, but he was really just... Yeah, so was that coaching from the Swans? Look, and also, let's be fair, everything the Swans did, every bounce of the ball, every hat kick hit a target. Like, they just, yeah, like, yeah they, let's be truthful. Like, yes, we had, there was like seven posters. We had enough posters ourselves. But, yeah, they would just, and when you're in that zone and everything's working for you, you start running forward of the ball, um, you know, yeah, it was just the worst game that, you know, they were just running above the ground and it was nothing we could do about it. Look, we tried, like, what was funny, even though we had a shit game and everyone was down, we did have effort, though. I'm not sitting there and saying Richmond didn't try, like, have that effort. We had 55 tackles. Um, and that's, but we were just chasing tail all day. We had no semblance of structure. Mm. And, look, I love that vision of seeing Hardwick getting the whiteboard out. He knew it was wrong and he could have done a horse. He could have just flooded the deep 50. Yeah. He could have done that. Now, he did periods of that where he had Jack or Lynch, but he could have done what Horse did and just flooded everyone back. But he didn't. He tried to hold – he tried to challenge the midfielders. And, unfortunately, Graham and Bolton and the like did not step up. And we were outcoached, I believe. You know, why on earth would you put Rioli as a medical sub? You know, if you, you want to send yeah. a message and say, hey, you know, you're not – yeah, you're getting shots on goal, but you're not doing X and X right. Go back in the VFL. He should have put um, – a midfielder in. Um, you always like it to be a big midfielder um, in the that you know has got a bit of a tank. Can never go wrong with that. Um, and yeah, we put in um, Rioli, and Rioli really didn't do anything either. No, the other thing that stood out too, and you mentioned the tackles. Sydney having thirty-eight, I thought was quite remarkable given the pressure they put us under. But we just couldn't. It looked like we just couldn't stick a tackle. They were bursting through and getting through our blokes far too easily. But I mean, I feel like that's something that's easily rectified. Um, your thoughts but, on the on Eggs game, the million-dollar question that oh, sort of took Twitter by storm, I suppose? Yeah, look, I posted during the thing, and I hate potting a kid. Look, but my thoughts are, I said last year I don't think he can make it because he's too one-sided. His 
He's got a lot of talent, but he's got no footy IQ. You know, when you see a person that has to make that second, two-second decision where a person with footy IQ makes it instantly, that's his problem. So if he gets the ball or if he's going to go – people were calling him soft, and I don't think it's that. I don't think he's soft. I just think he, he makes – he has to make that decision. So he sees a contest – actually, before the contest happens, but the play's coming towards him. An instinctive footballer would knock. I've got to quickly run here because nine times out of ten, that's where the ball's going to hit and there's going to be a pack and I want to go in there and impact that contest. And goes, right? So gets there on time. What Egg does, he sits there and he fucking thinks about it for a minute, um, a second or two. And by that stage, it's too late. He's got to be fed the ball to do something. He's, he's like a player that's never played football before. Now, you could get away with it in the juniors because of the way the juniors are structured. Um, and I think because his skill ceiling is really high, because I've seen him do some freaky shit in training and in the VFL, you know, particularly by foot. Yeah. Um, but because he's got that lag, I thought, nah, he's not going to make it. And not having one, you know, only having one side of his body that he uses everything with, he can't kick on the other side. So, and he just showed it again. He just, you know, when it got, everyone was down, no one was there to really to protect him or feed him. Um, and he became a non-entity. Yeah, it was. We could have put a better player in, I feel. But I mean, you don't want to put the whole thing on Egg. It's not all his fault. He's one of many who had a bad game. But um, the other player, or the other moments, I think, I'll speak on quickly before we push on, was the start of the third quarter. You know, the, you know, yeah. you regroup at halftime. You think, shit, we can come out, and every supporter would have been thinking it. If we can get the first couple of goals, we'll, we'll work our way back into it. Then to see Caddy give away that stupid push in the back free kick to Parker, I think it was, and then the 50 metres, that was just really deflating and we were never coming back from that. I was really disappointed in those actions when the start of that second half was a perfect chance for us to reset and to have a crack at it. 100% agree with you, but that was probably the softest 50 I've ever seen in my life and um, Reid actually did that multiple times and never got pinged for it. So that's, for me, is Caddy shouldn't have done his too experienced to do it and he knew Right, yeah, 100% you. yeah. And, and they, he was probably fired up to, you know, show leadership by being a bit more physical and got sucked in. Um, but it was – the umpiring was so farcical by that stage in the sense that there was a period just before halftime where we got two – we kicked three goals in a row. And I think I tweeted, oh, we're coming. This is it. You could feel it, right? Yep, we're turning the corner. We're still spraying our disposal everywhere, but we're getting there. And then that's – and the free kicks again started getting pinged and pinged and pinged and pinged or non-course where we did a tackle, spin the midfielder 360, no holding the ball, all that sort of stuff. Um, and, yeah, they probably just thought, okay, let's fight our way out of it. And, and Caddy just did it the wrong way and we got penalised for it. But, yeah, what turned for me was um, Nan Curvis's non-mark. That was oh. that was it for me. Yeah, that <laughs> – but not uh, only the once, it was like the umpires go, okay, I know Tiger 71's watching this. Let's uh, <laughs> let's really fuck him over. Let's do it two times. When Nank then gets a mark in the in the defensive 50, right, and uh, actually, again, no, sorry, the other side of our forward 50 takes a mark, um, and then Reed just knocks it out of his hand. The umpire calls it a mark, and then Reed laughingly kicks the ball away from Nank Curvis. Yeah. And it wasn't a free kick. It wasn't a 50. Yeah, and that, was... uh, yeah, that that defensive one though, that was a killer. I, I was gobsmacked by that, as were I think most of the footy world, not just Richmond supporters. Yeah. But it, it, I still cannot believe it. And then straight after that play, um, then Reed takes Nan Curvis's legs out from under him, play on, and then the ball goes to where McIntosh. You know, nothing against um, uh, Rampy. He did what any footballer would do. He went in low. I think McIntosh. I've watched that incident a couple of times. Lost his footing slightly. So he was a bit unbalanced, and then he just, yeah, he collided into Rampy. Rampy did nothing wrong. No, no, it was just a footy contest. He didn't impede Rampy. He did not trip Rampy. No. He did not take Rampy's legs out. No, it and was just a... the ump- And what yeah. does the umpire do? The spirit of the game? Because how the game was officiated? Let's just ping McIntosh while he's unconscious on the ground <laughs> for taking the legs out, and they get another goal from it. Oh, uh, yeah. They got seven goals. Right, they got seven goals from direct free kicks or free kicks that led to goals. Um, that's inexcusable. That was just uh, if I didn't know any better, 
you know, if I was a pessimist, ladies and gentlemen, I'd be saying this is Hocking sitting there laughing because not only did the team, the darling side of the AFL at the moment, which is the Swans, get their win, um, Geelong now has benefited one, two games off the off directly off the back of umpires. They lost that shocking free kick, and then they got another one um, uh, early on in the Hawks game that was not a free that related to a goal. And how much did they win by? Another point. Yeah. So yeah, no, oh. shocking. Oh well. I you do want to. I do want to give a shout out before we move on to Rampy Four being yes. extremely sportsmanlike and staying with Camden McIntosh while he was down the ground. Like everyone knew that was just a genuine footy challenge. Um, and unfortunately, those things happen. Unfortunately, people get injured. But for him to ignore the play going on and, and to stay with Camden and call for help, I thought it was a, a fantastic thing to see. So well done to Dane Rampy for for being a good sport there. Can I ask you a question? Do you believe Dimmer when he mentioned with Koch with the um, ice on his hamstrings that it was precautionary? Well, I had written down here that Koch had hamstring issues, but then I saw today that apparently he's a good chance to play now. According, I don't know if that was according to Hardwick or someone at the club. <laughs> um, but I, to be honest, I didn't even know he went off. So that... Apparently he played 65% of game time. Okay. So... So, yeah. I mean, they would explain why we probably got smashed a bit more in the midfield than usual. If, My if... worry... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, to Sorry, say, if, if he was off and Presti was off, it yeah definitely adds some weight. My worry is is that he hasn't now again. I give good mail um, and I give mail that I don't like giving. Right, guys. I've some, what I've promised to you guys, but what I've heard is that a lot of our players, the majority of our players, came back in peak physical condition. Cochin's had a bit of an interrupted preseason. That's what I've heard. Right. Okay. I'm not saying he, he was lazy or didn't put the work in. But I've heard he's had, um, yeah, he wasn't as physically primed as he normally would be. He needs a lot of work. And that sort of reinforced to me is when your midfield's getting absolutely smashed through a non-presence and your main midfielder, you're keeping on the bench, you know, um, you give, you're only giving him 65% game time if he's not injured. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. But hopefully he's so, okay. Yeah, hopefully he works into the season because God knows we need him against Port. 100%. <laughs> All right, we'll now, push on. Now, you wanted to uh, have a chat to the Tiger Army. Yes, I did. Um, and what I might do, I might just roll this into the Tiger Den, right? Yeah, okay, no okay. Yeah. Because, um, look, I sort of touched on the umpiring. Uh, I just want to nail that. I'm in the Tiger Den now, so I can say it. The umpiring is fucking just like everyone on Twitter that follows me. I knows that I don't care if frees against are paid against us. I don't care. All I want, this is all I'm complaining about. Pay, if the same free kick happens on the other side, pay it. Just don't pay it one way. That's my biggest bugbear. But you now that's all done to bed. But yeah, Tiger Heads, like, I get disappointed. It's our side's given us four years of just fucking heaven, right? And I'm 49, right? So I've seen oceans of shit, right? With with a few bright stars like Richo and Matty Knights, Paul Broderick, you know, Swooper and all that sort of stuff coaching us. So I've seen a few, you know, great things to hold me on, but so much shit. And these four years, it's like, you know, I have to pinch myself every morning when I wake up. Is it true? Now, so they've got – whenever we have a mulligan or we have a bad game, we get so many people. There was posts on our boards. Literally, I'll quote it, um, a line from it. Our forwards are unskilled and lazy. Now, keep in mind, before this game, we had the third best attack. Keep in mind, I reckon, and most neutrals will say, Jack's had a great start to the season. Um, Robbo, or the drunken the drunken fool, put down in his take <laughs> that Lynch has got, you know, slight critique. He marks things one-handed. You know why Robbo is marking things one-handed? It's because he's getting his arms pulled down. He's getting no protection from the umpires, right? So um, our forward line, yes, um, always can be better with the amount of inside fifties, but they're under, they're not support. I mean, in the sense that they're un, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The way our game plan is with this new rule and our adjustments that we're still working through on, we're rolling a half forwards really, really high. So they're fighting, you know, outnumbered. Um, so, you know, and it gets compounded when we're having such a shit game like we had on the weekend. But then people start saying, oh, we've got to rebuild or, yeah, you know, Kocha should retire, you know, um, Asprey's Deadwood. Um, mate, they're, they're not Deadwood. They had a shit game. Just got to calm you know? down. Just calm down. We, we're still well in the eight. For us, just, this is all I'll say. We might lose. What I've sort of said um, at the start of the year when we were sort of talking about the season coming, 
by round seven, as long as we're four and three or three and four, I would be sitting with a smile. Oh, 100%. By round 12, as long as we're seven and five um, or, or six and six or five and seven, as long as we're around about that, I'd be sitting happy because we don't click in the gear till after the buy. We've shown that. And the reason why we do that at the moment, and this has been compounded, and I know this is fact, our training is a lot more intense than clubs that haven't played um, finals or, I mean, West Coast and that, um, this excludes the sides that finished the first week of finals. They're basically like a non-finalist in their pre-season. But the ones like affected, like us, like Port, like um, Sydney, uh, like Geelong, We've all started patchy. We all started like we got um, all bits. Our skills are being a little bit off. And anyone that's played a sport like AFL, um, amateur, whatever, when you're doing heavy, heavy training loads, it affects your skills. It does because you know you're either working on endurance or repeat sprinting or you know whatever it is, um, and you're knackered. Yeah, and we saw we, we saw this same trend last year, and I, and I know I remember we spoke about it last year on the show because everyone was like, "Well, why are we so sluggish?" and "Why did Hawthorne smash us?" and there was someone else who touched us up as well. But uh, that was why. And to sort of add to what you were saying, and I tweeted this out in my tweet post game, is not to stress about it because we lost to GWS by forty points plus in round three, twenty nineteen. We lost to the Hawks by thirty plus last year in round three, and those years turned out pretty okay for us. So. People are jumping at shadows a bit, aren't they? They are, buddy. They are. And we're better than that, guys. Um, just, you know, sit back, you know, have a drink and realise you're following an elite side with an elite coach. And if people seriously believe that we will not acclimatise to this rule, we will not have systems in place to make us still, you know, the tip of the spear, you're, you're deluded. You know what I mean? And yeah. I mean that with all respect. Yeah, yeah. You know? as, a few, as a few people said on Facebook as well, it's nice to now be in a position where we can lose games like this and, and there is perspective to be had and it's not all doom and gloom, whereas pre-2017, it. it was. It was, oh, you know, alarm bells ringing, the wheels are falling off. Um, and it was justifiable. Season over type stuff. But, oh, um, it was justifiable. Justifiable, but now it's not. You yeah, know, it's, not. you got to back the boys in and they'll, they'll 100% bounce back from that. How, having said that, I don't know if it'll be this week coming, which we'll touch on later, but it's a tough game. Um, but like you said, if we can sort of be breaking even or be just ahead of the ledger come the come the break, we'll be fine. And I've, I wouldn't be at all shocked if internally the club aren't too phased if we lose a couple of early games knowing about the extra miles in the legs and things like that. They they 100% yeah. plan to be running at their at their best from the back half of the season. So, And I reckon, because um, I re-watched that game, you know, obviously prior to our show, just to make sure I was right, but... Dimmer tried a few different positional moves. I reckon he knew the game was done uh, midway through the third quarter, and he tried a few different things. So yeah, Bolton was um, up forward. I noticed. Yeah, so that that bodes well. That lets us that lets me know that we've got a coaching group that's already thinking of next week. How can we get better? Um, what can we do? Um, one major question that's already answered is we have the cattle, guys. We have the cattle oh, shit, yeah. to Absolutely. win a flag. It's not like oh we're missing. It. We're, we've got the pieces. So uh, yeah, just. Let's just, you know, let's just enjoy it. Now, uh, Michaels, listen to questions. Um, do you want to go on to that? I've got a question for you. Yeah, go for it. Let's do it. Yeah, Jill Fitzsimmons. This is, the, this is the question, mate. Has the loss of a key coaching support impacted us? And did the Heat play a role in unravelling us given we played late into last year? Thanks, guys. Um, I mean, it definitely isn't ideal to lose Lepic uh, and McRae. They're both very, very good coaches that were a huge part of our success. But you sort of feel like, same as when Carousella left, that they've imparted enough knowledge and the group's mature enough to retain that and sort of get on with it. So I, I don't think it's going to impact us too much. The Heat, I, I think it would have played a part against both teams, to be honest. I mean, keeping in mind, this was the second day game. I think we've played in a year and a year, a year and a bit. So yeah. uh, it was pretty hot out there. And, and it's not an excuse. It's not why we lost, um, but it definitely wouldn't have helped, especially if we are training a bit harder than usual. So, but I wouldn't be too concerned about the coaching support. I think we've got a pretty good crew up there um, and they'll, uh, they'll get their stuff together and get the boys sorted. One for you from Stefan M. Tiggs. Uh, do you guys think either of Martin or RCD will debut this Friday night? Well, look, I reckon Will Martin will. Um, he had 24 disposals, um, 11, 11 handball receives. Is that what HR, H, HR yeah. is? 
yeah, handball receives. He kicked a goal, I think, four tackles, four inside 50s. So um, I reckon, yeah, that's, he's done enough to um, we're on a spot. But there's also another one, guys. Yeah, my boy, Patrick Nash, 39 disposals. Yeah, <laughs> 15 handball receives. So it shows he's running there, eight inside 50s, six rebound 50s. So he's, you know, he's, he's playing in the back half and he's pushing up. He's showing that aggressive run. Port's a perfect game for him. I reckon, yeah, I reckon it's going to be Martin and Nash. Um, RCD, no. I don't think so. And I'm a bit concerned. Okay. He kicked, I've, I've read that he did some good things in the VFL, but obviously didn't amass numbers, but it sounded like he... He's, oh, he's just not ready yet. And look, mm. people develop differently. And I judge him as a medium, but he, maybe I should be judging him as a tall. Because of his, you know, the way his body is. He's a bit of a unique but, build, isn't he? Yeah, he is, he is. So I'm not saying I'm concerned that I don't think he'll be, he won't be an AFL player. Um, I'm just concerned that he, his development time is going to take too long to still be on our list. He might be on a different list. Okay. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, we've got, you know, we're going to be, we've got a great draft hand this year. We've got other kids we drafted last year. You know, um, yeah. nothing stays still. Fair enough. Um, uh, Michaels, um, this is from... K- Katarina? Uh, I keep on saying, is that Corona? I was going to say Corona. Catriona? Catriona. I'm going to call it Katarina. There you go, you're Spanish. Hola. Um, How do we reset our midfield now that pressure will be missing a significant period of time? Does the loss of Loston for a significant period of time also impact how we set up? Uh, The midfield side (laughs) of things we'll probably touch on with the ins and outs, but the short answer is when he missed football last year, it allowed someone else to step up. so I'm hoping the same thing happens again. It gives those young guys a chance to really sort of put their hand up to, to demand a spot in the team. So we'll talk about that a bit later. The Vlosten one, that's starting to hurt, I reckon, um, to mm. find out that he is now going to miss another month of football, maybe more. Firstly, shout out to the dickhead journos who said we were, we were being tactical to subbing him out. Um, just his organisational skills and his ability to cover and come off his man and impact the contest, I think we really missed that because yeah. it's something, I don't know, just... The cohesion that they have down there when he's there is just so much more powerful. So he is a huge loss. Make no mistake about it. But um, hopefully we get him back sooner rather than later. But at the same time, we all know we're not going to rush him back because we err on the side of caution, which is always a good thing. Uh, One for you, Tiggs, from Michael McKenna. Why do Richmond... This kind of touched on what you sort of said earlier. Why do Richmond supporters catastrophize... I've probably butchered that. Any loss... Last I remember, a Tiger Big Footy mod calling a round four game is a season-defining game. It's just one loss. It was bloody hot against a red-hot side. No luck with umps and injuries. Toughen up. We're a great side. Yeah, just agree with you, mate. I've sort of answered it. Uh, Michael, you're the same. You know, we are a great side. Keep the belief. You know, people that don't, they're just... Uh, they're the type, type, type of people, and I mean, as you respect, but when their car doesn't start um, once, they sell it because they think it's a lemon. And it could be because they've got no petrol in the car. And I guess it. <laughs> but no, we'll, we'll be right, Michael. We'll be right. Who was? I yeah. want to know who the mod was. If you can tweet me through, I'm, I'm saying it's Sturge. That's my prediction. But uh, let me know. It might have been me. I'm, you might have made me look like a real dickhead then. But uh, yeah, let me know. Yeah, no. Um, it probably was Sturge. He's a bit of a guy. No, I love you, Sturge. I'm only joking. Um, okay, PT Agar. Um, this question here, Michaels. While we're going to make finals, is it worth maybe not getting the three-peat if it meant we blooded some of the young talent we stockpiled and had a bit of a mini-refresh so the error is extended? No, we need the salt yes. to flow dramatically from all the supporters around the country. I think we can do both. The, the two mm. things you've mentioned can live side by side. It takes a bit of juggling, but injuries like you see to Prestia and McIntosh and potentially Cochin's probably going to miss games at some point to manage him. Those kind of things are going to allow the young kids to come in and keep it fresh, which I feel like is what we've done throughout the previous years as well. So I think the two things can live side by side. Um, and I think in order to keep our window open, we have to do it. But I don't think we should go for a full-blown mini-refresh or reboot. I think we're still in a strong position um, and just keep keep putting the kids in when the time's right and keep everything exciting. Huge thanks to all the listeners as well for sending in questions. Really, We really appreciate it. Before we get on to the preview, we do have to give a happy birthday shout-out to Lee Williamson, who's a, a long-time oh, yeah, listener. She loves the show. Uh, now, there was a... She asked for a birthday present from you, Tiggs. And it's yes, and I've got it le- here. When yeah. It wasn't leather pants. Uh, yes, it, it no, I wasn't. was just a bit of information. So what have you yeah. got for Lee? And happy birthday again, Lee. Thank you for your support as always. Lee, first, um, yeah, happy birthday, mate. You're a trooper. Um, I've DM'd you the, the dick pic, so, you know, I'm just going to be happy with that. 
Um, you also asked me to sing a happy birthday, but look, this and oh, I've, I, I, I asked that, and that was declined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she declined it to you, but the, really, yeah, uh, she yeah. just loves my voice. Um, no, I'm only joking. Um, yeah, the one that we've been into now, there's been uh, sort of noise about him last year. Um, there's a bit of noise about him this year. I had a really, really good chat um, with a mate of mine um, who knows these things, obviously because of Easter. Um, and I asked him, I said, mate, who we, who we, who do you, you think 100% we're right into? That it's, and, he go, and he's told me a name. It's number 12 for GWS Giants. It's Tom Green. Um, Dimmer loves him. Uh, most of the recruiters love him. Um, he's going to be hard to pry out, but he's got a bit of de- – he's not meshing as well in the GWS system as – from. The, this is what we hope from the noise is correct, that GWS would hope, which is strange because he's like number four – in total contested possession, um, he's you know his stats are his stats are pretty good in comparable to how many games he's played. So his averages, um, he's just not being yeah I don't know he's probably plateauing a little bit. Um, and I've got an observation we're... on this, and this is interesting because I'm glad you said it was him because I didn't know that you were going to say his name until tonight, yeah. just so people yeah. know for clarity. But I knew you were going to be bringing it up because of the tweet, and I was talking to a mate about it today, and we both said we hope it's green. And he made a point of saying that in the game that was just played, they the Giants had, I think, Coniglio was off. I think uh, DeBoer was off. So two midfielders, and they still weren't playing green in the guts. They were playing him up forward. And it just sort of felt like he was playing a little bit out of position. And we kind of floated the idea, have they heard something, or do they know that he may be not as interested as they think? Well, look, who knows? All I know is that we want him as a midfielder. Um, 100% we, you would. Yeah, we see him as a midfielder. And now... The strong mail that I've got is with the draft. We've we've designed. We have put a lot of work, a good two years of work to get the draft hand that we've got. Right? Um, we've got Geelong's first, which is great. Um, but I have no doubt if Geelong's first, if we can give that to Green, um, or you know, with whatever mix of potatoes, you know, but as a core as that pick, um, would probably do it. Um, it might be pick swap later pick swap swapping around or whatever it is, if we can get him. Um, he will fit our cap. That's the other thing too. Our, the cap goes up again, I think, this off-season. Okay. So don't quote me on it, but I think I'm, I'm right on that. I just haven't confetted with my mate. But from last year, I gave me the impression that this year it goes up slightly. So we've got cap space. Um, we'll probably have a retiree at the end of this year, and I don't think it's Koch. Uh, just to nail that down. So, um, yeah, look, we will have cap. He won't cost that much. Um but he's a rich man, and Dima loves him. Just Very put it good. that way. That's loves good. Him. Very good to hear. Uh, yeah. I was kind of, I said this on the show a while ago when we were sort of working out who, this, who was going to get our last list spot. I really thought we were going to give it to his brother as a bit of bait to get him over. Maybe we sign him at the mid-season draft potentially, but we'll see what happens there. So just to clarify, folks, Tiggs isn't saying that Green is 100% coming across. He's saying yeah. that we are showing heavy interest in a trying to get him across. So Yeah, don't... I could tell you I could tell you this. What I'll tell you is it might not break this year if it doesn't happen, but it will definitely break that we we ask the question to Green. And it's going to be exactly the same as Hartlett. I can guarantee you hundred percent that we're in Green's management. That the, is confirmed. There you go, Lee, that's a cracking no. birthday present if I've ever seen one. So thanks for that, Tiggs. Yeah. All right, Port Adelaide game coming up this Friday night. Uh, both teams are now 2-1, and one, coming off really bad losses, us losing by 45 points to the Swans, and Port losing to West Coast by 37 points. Granted, you probably are a bit more okay with that, given it was an away game, but the Port have looked pretty good on paper. I know you shouldn't judge things on paper, Tiggs, but they look like a, a pretty good side. They've added some good quality players. They've added Aaliyah Aaliyah down back, who I was really shattered we didn't have a crack at, uh, and Fantasia or Fantasia, depending on which way BT makes his mind up on calling him, uh, playing up forward as well as their natural growth of Butters, Rosie, Dersma, Marshall. They, they've got they've got a few handy plays now. So how do you see this game panning out and a poor can trouble us? Yeah, look, they're always trouble us because we play a different style and we defend similar. Um, they were the first side in my mind that copied us, um, parts of our game, particularly the half-forward transition period. But on their recruits, everyone gets sucked in they played Adelaide twice. Then they had two really, really soft kills um, in North, and I think they had Adelaide again. So, um, Alir really is the reason he was traded from Port. Now, he's an intercept defender, but when the ball is pinging in, as West Coast showed, he gets found out. Um, he's not a strong one-on-one defender. Um, 
So he's more a utility that sort of gets played in defence. I, I don't think his natural uh, um, game is in the, in the back line. But anyway, that's just my opinion. Fantasia, for me, he just looks good when the team's up. He's a, he's like he's just a full cream type player. So do they is those two inclusion really improve him? I don't think so. They're they're organic growth. He's going to feel Butchers, Rosie, Dersmer, and Marshall, as you mentioned before. Like for ours, ours is going to be you know your Bolter, you know your your, your Boltons, um, and Ro, you know Ross for example, and the like from that. So Baker and as they develop, will develop um, strongly as well. How I see this game look. It's a shorter ground. It's their home ground. So it's going to be fucking tough, right? We beat them in a preliminary final. They've just been smacked. They got hammered. They, 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 talk about our um, scoreboard flattering us. The scoreboard really flattered um, Port Adelaide by the nature of how the game was played. Um, they're going to come out strong, strong as they can. But I actually seriously think we're a sneaky chance to win this. If we, if we, it's all going to come down to selection, mate. If we pick. Uh, Ross in the side, he needs to play. We need Graham to play in the guts. We need Cochin to play in the guts. Um, and, you know, keep our mix of Bolton in the guts. So we need starting midfield of Cochin, Bolton and Edwards. They're the top three with Graham, Ross. And I'm missing one. No room for Dusty? And Dusty. Sorry, that was what <laughs> I'm missing. They're going to play, those six are going to play predominantly in the midfield. We do that, we will win this game. Our back line, because it's a smaller ground, which is great, our, our defence should – we don't have to cover that much space because it is a smaller arc, so we'll be able to repel the rebound like we always generally do, a lot easier than what we did against Sydney. So that should actually help us. Um, our forwards, um, you know, if they're on, Jack's in really dangerous form. I reckon we can kick a score. I still don't rate their back line, Paul. That's their – to me, their Achilles heel. Um Got great forwards, great midfield, but I reckon we can hold them in the midfield if we set up like I mentioned, and our back line should beat their forward line. Um, and if that happens, and we can get a bit of a score on them, look, it's going to be close, but I reckon we're not out of it. Everyone's thinking we're, we're done, but I don't think we're out of it. So what do we have to do different from last week besides set up? Is it just an intensity thing? Is it a work rate thing? Because I mean, largely for large parts of the game against the Swans, we had that midfield lineup in there. We were getting smashed to pieces. So, what what else do we have to change for that to to start benefiting us? Oh, look, we, look, um, champions don't like getting humbled too often. So, I, I, you know, I don't think they went in. Did we smell our own farts? Maybe, maybe they smelt their own farts and thought, you know, we can do this. Um, and completely underestimated, you know, the heat, you know, when our disposal just started kicking all over the, all over the place um, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, all we have to do differently is just clean up our disposal, play a Richmond brand of football, and, and we'll be right up to this um, in our next. So, and yeah, let's not forget that we've travelled over there with well, mainly a VFL team. Remember that a couple of years ago and we, we managed to get the win, so... As much as the games end up a little bit even, we actually match up okay against them and we play the ground quite well. So I'm going to be interested to see how we how we handle this one. But they're going to be absolutely prime, oh, I reckon, yeah, they They're going to be dirty as about, yeah, not like you said, not only the prelim, but uh, their game against the Eagles. But I just want to see oh, an increase oh, in work rate and intensity. That's my big thing. Yeah, I just want to see us hunt, uh, get back and help each other and get back to playing a Richmond brand of footy. I've got a question for you. You probably just answered it. Where will the game be won and lost in your opinion? It's gonna, I think it's going to be one in, lost in work rate in the middle. If we get outworked again, um, I think we're going to be in all sorts because their mids are quality players. There's no mistake about it. And if we give them free reign, um, they've got some good forwards down there too. So Robbie Gray, Dixon, you can't allow those guys to get easy ball to them because there's not much you can do to defend it. So um, it's going to come down to our midfield and our half forwards being able to work hard enough back to assist like they usually do. And I know you can't do that week in, week out. I get it. It's tough and physical. Uh, but if we're any chance to beat Port, we have to limit the amount of easy ball they get. And it also, uh, Nen Curvis is going to play a big part in this too, um, which I know we'll touch on shortly. But I, I thought he got shown up a little bit last week by Hickey of all bloody people pushing forward. So we've got to make sure we're on top of that. Yeah, look, I felt for next with that because he was trying to cover our defenders because we were getting so smashed and Hickey was just running for the cheap ball. So... But, you know, it's easy. Yeah, but you're right. Now, I've got a question for you in relation to a matchup, if you don't mind. Bolton yeah. versus Dixon. What do you reckon? 
going to be awesome, isn't it? I know he oh, had a good huge. game on him in the prelim. I know it was a little bit wet, so obviously favours the defender a bit more. But uh, pound for pound, Bolter is a big unit, as uh, CB said last week when he saw him up close and personal. So, but the best thing about Bolter's game, and I know it's going to be a, a very Rance-like comparison, but his closing speed is elite. Um, he can be you know, a few metres behind the leading player, but his ability to get in those last few steps and get a fist in has, has been really good. So I think if we can make sure their midfielders aren't getting easy ball um, and they do their job, then that's going to let Bolter do his job extremely well. Um, what about you, Tiggs? I've listed a fair few plays here, but uh, Butters, Motlop, Gray and Georgiatis and Fantasia versus Baker, Short, Grimes, Egg, Edwards and, or Pickett. So the question kind of being, who do we bring in to help guard their quality small forwards? Because their, their forward 50 pressure has been elite the last few weeks. I think they had 11 tackles inside 50 last week, which is a huge number. How do we combat that? Yeah, look, listen, we've got the defense. Look, I, I, I appreciate that we haven't got Vlosted, and that's going to really hurt us. Yeah. But we're going to bring Hooli in. Um, so our one of our strengths, which funny enough helps them with their defense, is um, our defense can be quite offensive um, and, and create a lot of uh, forward half change. So that bothers forwards because that means they can't just let the defender run off. So they get them to work. And um, some of the forwards that hate working is like Motlop hates to work. You know what I mean? So I would put um, Hooley obviously is in. I would pick it. Um, he played a great game on the on the weekend. I, I loved his endeavour, his work rate. Um, I would put Pickett as an, a, 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 in the back line as a last resort, though, that's no disrespect to him. I, I think he's he has to be on the wing, particularly with McIntosh not in. Um, I'd probably go, you know, Nash. Here you go, Nash. Here's um, a challenge. Yeah, okay. Here's a challenge. You know, give him one of their young young um, young forwards that like to run off um, up the ground. So Nash has someone that he has to run with, and with a proviso that when um, when you can run right off him, um, be an offensive weapon for us, um, aka to a Hawley. Look, and also, and you can rotate Nash then on the wing. So you can rotate, you know, Nash with Pickett, Pickett with Nash, and give us that, you know, continual motion and stay on the right side flank. Um, but that's what I would do. I reckon we've really got the defenders to match up well on them anyway. Um, but, yeah, we just got to do something different, maybe something like a Nash or a Pickett. I agree with you about um, – I think the Pickett is definitely more suited to the wing, but it's nice to know that if need be – as you said, as a last resort to get a bit more hardness and aggression down there, he can sort of go back there for small stints. Ralph Smith is another one. He had a, yeah, he, I like what I've seen with him. I wouldn't go Garthwaite because obviously we don't need a replace at all. We really need a yeah. medium type to support Broad. Yeah. Broad copped a bit on the weekend. I thought it was unfair. He just tried, he was, he played a broad game. He rarely ever has a bad game. He just, he didn't dip at all. But yeah, we really need, like Ralph Smith, I wouldn't mind seeing if we don't go. Um, the picket with Nash Root. Um, Nash has to come in, in my mind, in a win to replace Macca. He has to. Fair enough. Um, yeah, for you, mate. Um, Ali Ali versus Tom Lynch. This would be an interesting one because I might be a bit harsh in saying this, but Lynch, he hasn't been firing many shots so far this year. I know he's usually a little bit slower to work into it, but I'm really looking for him to sort of step up and create a bit more presence. Jack's doing a power of work. His work rate's phenomenal. Lynch, he does work hard, but I want to see him just clunk a few more grabs. Uh, and kind of what you alluded to earlier, that Aaliyah is a good intercept player, but if we can kind of get him isolated and make him play man on man, I'd love to see Tom Lynch get a couple of goals early just for his confidence and to make Aaliyah more accountable just to kind of prevent the, the running off and intercept marking. So huge job for Lynch. Um, I just hope he can... Aggress, be aggressive without stepping over that line and uh, take the game on. And the last one for you, which we kind of touched on, Lysette versus Nankervis. It's going to be a huge matchup, which could dictate a large chunk of the game. Yeah, look, Lysette um, is a good quality ruckman. Um, look, Nankervis, in the last time we played them, played beautifully, played off him a lot um, to support our defence. I think he's going to need to do that again. I, I think our defenders are going to be aware um, what Nank role should be is to tap and then you basically stay defensive side of the square to our defensive 50. That way, if Lysette tries to move forward into our, our forward 50, Nank would naturally just match up on him. But um, Nank's a great, um, beautiful mark, particularly a pressure mark. Um, so we're going to need that because Port will come out firing. So um, I'm not really worried too bad to taps. I know Nankervis will outwork Lysette, you know, around the ground. But 
I think um, Nang's role will change a bit. Instead of being more of a mid type, you know, help support the mid, help support our back line, um, which needs it with the with the outs that we have. Yeah, it's, it's going to be pivotal. Um, before I let you get to the ins and outs, we will just touch on the VFL guys quickly and just go through some stats because it kind of all ties in. Uh, we knocked off Collingwood in a late comeback in the after the... Well, I think we're behind at three-quarter time and the boys come home really strong. Uh, Ross had 21 disposals. Nash, 39, as you said earlier. Will Martin, 24. Basher Hawley, 22. Ralph Smith, 24. And Garthwaite, 18. So, spreading the love a bit. It sounds like uh, Samson Ryan's having some good form as well with some goals. I think uh, RCD kicked a goal. But good to see some of the, the players on our list getting getting some possessions. And uh, with, yeah. with that, where do you see our ins and outs happening? Well, <clears throat> are you going to assume Cotchen's playing or Cotchen's out? Well, based on what kind of come through today, I think we assume he is playing. But with an open mind that he might be a late change, so that doesn't really help. But uh, I reckon we go with his playing for the time being. Okay. Ross has to come in. You know, we're just taking the piss. We're taking the piss. Um, if it ever comes down to a decision, to, do we play Ross or Marlon Pickett? It has to be Ross. Just solely for the fact he's Ross is the future, Marlon is it. That sounds really brutal and harsh. Oh, it's, but Marlon, it's true, though. It's true, but though. Marlon's and I think, 30 next year, I think, or 30 this year. So Yeah, and I, I read from the report from the VFL that Ross was apparently just a bull of the gate, just smashing into contest after contest, uh, just really wanting to you know, prove a point and get into this senior team. So uh, he deserves it. Nine tackles, too. He's also lighter. He's shown he can play wing. You know, he has played that role before. So if we, I'm just thinking if, and when our, all our midfielders come back, you know, like we did with Graham, we found a spot for him. You've got to find a spot for Ross. You yeah. need it. You never not have enough depth in the midfield um, if things go wrong. The other one for me, I don't know I'm biased, but just for the sake of, see, Nash is loved around the club, all this sort of stuff, but the big knock on him is his consistency and the big knock on him is he's never torn a game apart, right? That's what I've always heard. He, he looks good. But he hasn't ever just got worked and worked and worked and worked. He has periods where he works in games, and then it gets really, really quiet. He has to be rewarded. Apparently in this game, he I didn't see it, but from what I got told, he worked his ass off from the beginning to the end. Um, and this was the result. So we need to reinforce that sort of behaviour. So I'd put him in. Um, I'd put him in to replace McIntosh. So for me, Ross comes in um, as a midfielder to replace Prestia. Um, Nash comes in to replace um, Maka. Um, yep. And um, then for me, we've got obviously Vloss in the back line. I got a feeling I want to put Ralph Smith in. I might want to say to Short, who's been in my mind very pedestrian the past two two weeks. Um, I don't know if the best and fairest is. I don't know. I don't, I don't see the urgency with Short. His kicking was shit. His kicking was the worst. He was running at 33% with no pressure. He was the person that was doing the kickouts. Right? Yeah, he that, didn't have a good one with the. With he the had kicking. a bad one. And I think this is perfect at his time. He's already signed, so he won't chuck the shits. But to say to him, you know what? You had a, such a fucking disgusting game. <laughs> you're out. Big call. Well, you're in. Big I would do call. it. But look, it's round four. At the end of the day, this is what I love about our coach and our coaching committee. They will shock the team. They don't care if you lose the next couple of games. I seriously don't. As long as we reinforce the message, reinforce what we're about, and that's what serves us when, you know, July and June, July, August, the grind starts to happen. Yeah. You no, know? so I would even do that. Um, but if they don't, just do the two changes for me. Just Ross and Naish will come in. Well, and I think the other one, and I think Basha Hawley will come in, like you mentioned earlier, no, probably for Egg Melissa Smith. I think that's no, a, a pretty straightforward Sorry. spot. <laughs> yeah, Egg's gone. And so, I never yeah, want to see Egg again. I never I, want to see again. I'd agree with those three changes. Um, going to be a tough game, but, you know, we're, we're the kind of team that loves it with the back-against-the-wall type stuff. So all we want is a, just a better effort than last week. And if we know we bring our anywhere near our best game, we'll be more than half a chance to win. So, well, One thing I didn't mention for the medical sub, Hawley, um, sorry, um, Rioli has to be dropped. He just dropped. Just drop him to the VFL, give him a good month there. And then if we can't fit Ralph Smith, uh, Smith in um, on the starting team, put him as the medical sub. Yeah, or Martin. Will Martin. Or one of those two. Or Will Martin. See. Either or. Either yeah, or. Yeah. I like Ralph Smith because in my mind he's more of an offensive weapon. Um, he's more an offensive, particularly in the back, and the ball's going to be in our defensive 50 a fair bit. Um, yeah. And it's shorter ground. But Will Martin, you can't go wrong. You know, both of these boys. It's exciting. But do we need another midfielder? See, for me, Will Martin's more of a midfieldish type. Um, yeah. Or Rasmus more defensive. Um 
and I like Ralph Smith. You know why I love him? You know what? I'll tell you. Um, he runs. You know, 13 handball receives. It's amazing. It's for a Richmond a trait. We love yeah. a good runner. He plays our game plan, and that's what the message will be this week. Back to the Richmond game plan. Yeah, Run the 100%. Richmond way. And he reinforce that. All right, with that said, Tiggs, what's your prediction and margin for this game? Fuck me. Yeah, my, my, my head and heart both tell, tell me. Richmond by six points. I reckon Ooh. it's going to be like a repeat of the preliminary final. Oh, I hope you're right. I'm committing the cardinal sin of picking the opposition on a Richmond podcast. Okay. Uh, I I just think Port aren't going to want to let this one drop, and I reckon they might get up by about 12 or 13 points. But I equally won't be shocked if we come out and win. It's just, yeah, it's going to be a ripper contest, I reckon. So. It's a flip of the coin, really. It is. A genuine 50-50. With both teams have got something to prove. Both teams coming off shit games. Um, it's going to be a cracker. I reckon it'll be pretty fiery, actually. I just hope Richmond this week has done um, what other clubs do, complain to the umpiring department, like full on, you know, what fuck happened here? Here's the tape. Explain, 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 where they start saying, yeah, we were wrong. Yeah, this was a mistake. Yeah, this was a mistake. And then, you know, when we get empired against uh, umpire in port, you know, always that happens. They would know, okay, you got shafted last week. We're not going to be so on you this week. That always happens. People say it doesn't. I believe it does. Um, so if we get an even crack in the umpiring department, I reckon we'll win. If we get another Swans performance, we're done. Hopefully we don't leave it to chance with, yes, with those yes, things. Exactly. We take matters into our own hands. Yes, but uh, it should be a good game. And at this stage, folks, at this stage, I don't think there'll be a live show on Friday. It's just a bit too hard for me with the young fellas' uh, bedtime and, and whatnot. But um, I will be eagerly awaiting the AFL to release the next lot of fixturing. So anytime there's an away game that's a day game, I reckon we'll be half a chance for a live show for some commentary and a bit of laughs along the way. So keep an eye for that. We'll definitely keep you all posted. But um, And on that, guys, we really want to do it. So oh, yeah, if, we, we if we don't do it this Friday, don't be disheartened. Uh, Michael's, um, CB and myself, we're doing a lot of work. We've all got families. We're all, you know... Um, all doing, you know, we've all got lives, but we definitely want to do this because I personally love doing it. Yeah, I, I love it too. It. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's just a hundred percent a timing thing and making sure it doesn't impact yeah. our, our own lives too much. But uh, whenever we have a, a day game that's away, whether that's interstate or just an away game in Melbourne, I'll be more than happy to jump on and um, and do a live call with you and, and see if he's available as well. So. Keep an eye out, folks. It will be happening at some stage, and we'll keep you in the loop. But uh, thanks for jumping on tonight, Tiggs. Much appreciated and. Hopefully, we're back on next week with CB and a, and a win under our belt against Port would be nice to come back and speak about. And I'll be CB and say my God goodbye like CB would. Thank your mother for the rabbits. <laughs> Until next time, go Tigers.